0: Well, in this session, I want us to look at uh, Colossians chapter 2, and uh, I think it's important that I start with verse 9, though I'll be discussing verses 11 through 13. The Bible says, concerning Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, bodily. And ye, speaking of all believers, are complete in him. You can't add to completeness. Don't don't try to add anything to it. Which is the head of all principality and power. That's Christ. Now listen carefully to verse 11. Now that's talking about the sufficiency of Christ. Now in verses 11 through 13, I want us to look at the efficiency of Christ. Take a look at verse 11. In whom also ye, speaking of Uh, Gentiles in particular, speaking of the believers uh, at Colossae, because they were all Gentiles in that church, not Jews, but Gentiles, in whom ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened, hath Christ quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. I want to talk about the efficiency of Christ in these verses. Uh, What it means is this, in his efficiency, he has performed some things for each one of us Christians. The first thing that we see, and he was speaking specifically to the Gentile believers in the church at Colossae, but actually he's speaking to not only Gentile believers, but Jewish believers in Christ as well, because all these things are done for all believers. Jewish or Gentile, but the first thing in his efficiency that we see is that he has spiritually circumcised every believer. That's what verse 11 means. Look at it. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Now, if you know much about the Bible, you know that Circumcision was uh, something that God gave to the nation of Israel. First to Abraham, he was the first male that was circumcised, and then he was told to circumcise all uh, all the males uh, at, the, at the time that, that he lived. And then every child, male child that would be born was to be circumcised the eighth day. And the purpose of it was uh, circumcision was in the flesh, and we all know the part of the flesh that was circumcised, uh, was a sign of the covenant that God had made with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, So by having that physical operation of circumcision uh, put upon all male Jewish children, it would pass down from generation to generation, Uh, so they could remember that God had made a covenant or a promise to Abraham that he would bless him and bless all of his offspring and eventually bless the whole world through the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. That's what the Abrahamic covenant is, and the Abrahamic covenant is totally unconditional to man, but it is conditioned totally on God. That's, That's what makes it so powerful. Well, What Paul is saying to these Christians at Colossae, and he's saying that to me and to you as well, that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, God, God spiritually circumcised us. Now, you've got to think spiritual here, because if you don't, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get lost. But we who are saved, and even that includes men and women, have been spiritually circumcised. Look what he says here. In whom also ye are, not not will be, but are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. What's that? Well, he's speaking spiritual circumcision. You, You see, he is speaking here, that it was not done by human hands like the Jewish boys, and they still are, uh, uh, the Jewish people, uh, not everybody. There are a lot of secular Jews who do not practice circumcision today, but uh, those that uh, do uh, have the religion of Judaism uh, have their their male children uh, circumcised when they're eight days old. But we that are saved have not had a physical circumcision, we've had a spiritual circumcision. Now, in the case of physical circumcision, the cutting was around the flesh, and the flesh was taken off and discarded. It was put put away. It was put off. What about spiritual circumcision? Well, let's, let's read verse 11. In whom ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So it tells us who has circumcised us, us believers, it's Christ. And it's paralleling the circumcision, the physical circumcision of flesh being put away with sins being cut away or put away. So we that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ have had a spiritual circumcision a spiritual operation on our being our inner being Christ has performed this when we trusted him as our Savior and it cut away our sins that's what it means that's what Paul is saying in other words Christ has put away all of our sins in the believer's life because of our faith and trust in him, and it's all done by his power. He's the one that has performed the operation, the spiritual circumcision. Although we have not been removed from the presence of sin, we have had the power of sin removed from us. That's what the Bible teaches. Christ has performed spiritual surgery on every believer, man or woman, when they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's what it's saying. But not only has Christ done that, that's why our faith ought to be in him and not in philosophy. Listen to this. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. So we've had a spiritual operation of our sins being cut away, being put away. Now then, he says, you illustrate that uh, through baptism. Uh, let's look at it again. Buried with him in baptism, wherein you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. It means this, that Christ has performed Spiritual surgery on every believer, putting away of sin, and that He has spiritually resurrected every believer. Look, now get this. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are placed in Christ and He is comes in to us. In the mind of God sp- Spiritually speaking now, in the mind of God, when Christ died, we died. Why? Because we're in him. When Christ rose from the grave, we that believe in him rose with him. We have already been resurrected from the dead. Isn't that amazing? Who could come up with anything like that other than the Holy Spirit of God? You know, these people that say, well, the Bible was written by a bunch of men, and they come up with these ideas. No, man could never come up with this. This is divinely inspired word of God. And the Bible says, let me read it again. Now get this. This is good. And and it's speaking to every child of God. This is you. The Bible says, buried with him in baptism, you've been You've been buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. When Christ died, we that have put our faith in him died. When he rose, we rose. Then, when we get baptized, we illustrate that to the world that we have died with Christ, buried with Christ, and that we've been raised with Christ. That's what baptism is all about. I baptized hundreds of people in my 43 years of ministry. And it's a joy every time I baptize. I baptized uh, kids that trusted Christ as their Savior and baptized people that were in their 90s. Uh, it, it, it's just such a blessing. And baptism does not save us. It illustrates that we are saved. Baptism, water baptism, illustrates spiritual baptism. Water baptism illustrates that we... In the mind of God, died with Christ, was buried with Christ, and rose with Christ. That's what the Bible's teaching here. Paul wants those believers at Colossae to know this. They better not worry about philosophy and all these vain deceits of men and whatever traditions. Forget that. Trust in Christ. He's the one who's died for you. And when you trust him, you died with him, you were raised with him. Therefore, your eternal life is guaranteed because you're in Christ. Notice what he says here, and I like verse 13. Uh, And you, he's speaking to me, speaking to you that are saved, that's watching this uh, video. He's speaking specifically to the believers at Colossae in the days of the Apostle Paul. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, see, they were not circumcised because they were Gentiles. God did not give circumcision to the Gentiles. He gave it to the Jews. Gave it to Israel, the physical offspring of Abraham. And you being dead in your sins, now watch this, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, you were you not an offspring of Abraham. You didn't have anything going for you. You were Gentiles. Hath he quickened together with him, with Christ, having forgiven you all trespasses, and the word trespasses means all those things that offend God, your sins. What's he saying here? He is saying that... Uh, uh, you died with Christ. You rose with Christ. You've been spiritually circumcised, and that all your sins have been forgiven. I mean, you was not you was not part of the offspring of Abraham, but you have the faith of Abraham. You are not physically offspring of Abraham, but you have you are spiritual offspring because you have the faith that Abraham had. So therefore. You've died with him. You've rose with him. Matter of fact, Ephesians says, we sit together now in heavenly places with him. Well, I better not go into that. But in, in God's eyes, that's how he looks at it. And so, isn't that a wonderful thing? Uh, in the next uh, session, I'm going to be dealing with uh, uh, some more things that Christ has done for us. And, uh, I want you to be sure and watch it because uh, uh, it's going to be a help to you. Well, God bless you. Thank you for your time. Let me see how much I appreciate you taking time to uh, watch my teachings. Um, I hope that the Holy Spirit is uh, relating these truths to you. I've spent a lot of time studying through the years, and I don't know it all. I'm still learning a lot, too. Your greatest teacher is not me, but the Holy Spirit. Uh, but you, he'll not teach you until you trust Christ as your Savior, so be sure you do that. But then he'll teach you these things, and then he'll use people like me as instruments uh, to study God's Word and then to teach it to others. And uh, so thank you for your time. Uh, I've done my best to be a blessing to you and to be informative to you as well. God bless you.